Welcome to the Crescent Podcast. I'm Leanne. This podcast is an extension of my personal philosophy and commitment to continual growth in all areas of life. I firmly believe that optimal health comes from addressing all areas of us as human beings, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Through expert interviews, I hope to both inspire and enable you to create sustained change in your own life. Thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy. With 4th of July, it feels like summer is in full swing and I'm, it makes me so happy whenever the sun starts staying up longer, all the fruits are in season, all of it just gets me even more excited for life and for getting outside, being in nature, getting to the beach, feeling the sun on my skin, all of those things. I say it with every change of season. I love the changes of season, but summer just, it represents life and living and connecting and getting out of our little boxes that I think we often get stuck in. And so I just love that. And I feel like I'm really trying to embrace that this year. With that said, this episode is really last week's episode, but I shared on Instagram that I wasn't able to do my Evox session last week until Friday. And so I wasn't able to, I didn't have enough time to actually do the Evox session on Friday and then record the whole podcast episode for it. So this is really last Friday's podcast episode, and then we'll have another one for this week's Evox this coming Friday. So I'm coming off, I finished last week a series on barriers to success and looking at different, honestly, a lot of emotional patterns that I think I had there, emotional patterns of feeling overwhelmed, of dissociating, and I said this, I think, in one of the previous episodes. I do think there's more to unpack there. But as I was sitting down on Friday to go, what What do I feel like I'm really needing support with this week? What do I want to take through an Evox session? And I was thinking more in those terms of like, okay, what's a new series I might want to start? What do I really want to hone in on? And nothing was, as ideas were coming to me, nothing was had that kind of ping of, oh, that's it, that resonance of, yes, this is what what I need to work on next. And then it kind of hit me that basically from June 11th, from my birthday weekend until last Friday when I did the Evox session, which was I like three weeks, I have been feeling just melancholy and down and sad And as soon as I remembered that, I was like, oh, this is what I need to take through the Evox session. And so to give a little bit more context around that, I had my birthday weekend, June 11th, and it was the best weekend ever. My family came out and we had a spike ball tournament at the beach on Saturday. And then on Sunday, we rented a cabana at the Pelican Hills Resort in Newport Coast and just had a lazy day by the pool, playing board games in the cabana, talking. And it was so beautiful. And I have to say it was truly one of, maybe one of the only birthdays that I actually let myself go, what do I want to do? Versus what do I think I should be doing on my birthday? 
you know, and in the past that's looked like, oh, well, it's your birthday, so you should have a big party or go out somewhere. And that's so rarely what I actually want to do. I'm such a homebody. I'm actually such an introvert. I love small groups. I love intimate connection. And so as I sat down this year to go, what do I really want? What would be so fun for my birthday this year? I wanted a spike ball tournament on the beach and I wanted a pool day at Pelican Hills. And that's exactly what happened. And I think it also represents so well where I'm growing into, which is giving myself permission to really listen to and act on what it is my soul is asking for, not all the things I think I should be doing, whether it's in my personal life, my professional life, etc. So with all of that said, at the end of that weekend is when the melancholy hit. So Monday, boom, I was just feeling this melancholy and it's that melancholy that I feel often and you might as well after like a big social event or after a holiday when you've had a lot of people come into town and it's been kind of busy and a lot of a lot of connection and talking and socializing and then when everyone leaves there's a stillness there and you feel this melancholy or at least I do of like oh man I feel a little bit lonely now I miss that beautiful connection I was having so I was feeling that, but usually that dissipates after a couple of days when it's related to the event. But as I mentioned before, what I noticed is this melancholy lingered throughout the rest of the entire month, about three weeks. And I knew it was more than just that weekend and kind of missing that socialization and that fun and that connection with family because... I've never experienced this before, but basically after that birthday weekend, every single day for the rest of the month of June, I either teared up or was crying at some point every single day through the rest of June. And that is definitely not regular behavior for me. And it would be the most random things, a song that would come on that would make me tear up, a podcast interview I was listening to, a show or an interview on YouTube that I was watching that would make me tear up and it would just be a few minutes where I'd like it would really move me and I'd feel those tears come and then I'd kind of move on and get over it. And so, yeah, it just coming into Evox last week, I went, you know what, I think I need to, there's something that's needing to be looked at here. When this feeling of melancholy and even grief a little bit persists for more than just a couple of days, I think there's something my body, my spirit is holding on to that it's needing to release and process. And so that's what I use the Evox session for. And I want to highlight this a little bit because most often when I'm working with clients or even myself, as you have seen through this series, is we're working on one really specific pattern, whether it's an emotional pattern or a behavioral pattern that is pretty chronic. And we're helping to look at what are the deeper subconscious and emotional roots that are feeding that pattern and keeping us stuck in it. And so that is the most, most often the way that I use Evox with clients and myself, but it can absolutely be used as a more acute sort of one-off session to help 
emotional release when you're feeling yourself just having an off day. Kind of like, for example, if you woke up one day and you had a kink in your neck and you're like, oh, I need to go get a massage just to have to work on this kink that's sort of come out of nowhere. You can use massage therapy for acute stuff that is coming up, but massage therapy can also be wonderful to address more chronic pains that you're having. So Evox can be the same thing where if you're having something come up, like for me, for example, this melancholy that this isn't really common for me, um, but it's not just like three days and then it's gone. It started and then it's kind of lingering around. And I want to just kind of tap into that and help whatever is trying to move through, really finish the process and move through and be released. So it can definitely be used in that more acute way. I think this can be so helpful because I think other examples of how we might use Evox acutely is, let's say you've got a big interview coming up and you're feeling tense about it. You're feeling nervous. Maybe you're not feeling confident. You can come in for Evox to help alleviate some of that process. Why am I feeling jittery around this or whatever it is that you're feeling around it? work through it so that you can then go into that interview your most calm, confident self. Likewise, let's say you have an upcoming event that you're speaking at or an upcoming event that you're selling your product at or you have a conversation that you're needing to have with a friend or family member. Any acute situation like this that is coming up, you can use Evox to help settle your soul, release some of the pent up emotions leading into that event. And then if we want to reverse it, let's say something happened that was an acute situation. It's not a situation that you're in often, but you're noticing that it affected you in a certain way and that effect is lingering. You could also use Evox to help process whatever that residual effect is and release it much, much quicker. So I just wanted to point that out because that's what this session was for me. It was looking at, okay, this melancholy came up. I thought it was going to go away in a few days, but it's lingered for three weeks now. It's definitely time to address this. Or at least address it in a deeper way because it's definitely something I was aware of. I mean, if I'm tearing up each and every day, (laughs) that's something I'm definitely aware of. And I have little techniques and practices that I do on a daily basis to support my emotions, but I don't think I had really tapped into, okay, what is this? What is going on with this melancholy? I'm going to dive into this and really process it. And it was incredibly profound. First, the emotional release I had, and second, the imagery, the visualizations that were coming up in my mind during the Evox session. Where the session started for me is I was tuning into what is this sadness? What does it feel like this sadness is about? And the felt sense that was coming to me that I was sensing in my mind is it was a feeling of goodbye as if I had said goodbye to someone or I was going to have to say goodbye to someone. And so as I leaned into that felt sense more, what was coming up in my mind is Over these last two years, and even in these last six months, so much growth has occurred for me. And I know 
with each passing day and week, I am stepping more into who I am authentically. I am taking steps to create a life and a career that is as aligned with who I am as possible. And I think there's a deeper fear there that as I start to make changes in my life, as I start to set boundaries, that might mean that I'm going to have to say goodbye to certain people. And so I sat with that feeling a little bit, that feeling of I have to say goodbye. I don't necessarily want to, but I know it's for the best. And the imagery that was coming to me was very clear and moving. And it was this imagery of me sailing away on a ship and seeing friends and family and loved ones standing on a dock waving goodbye to me. And just this sense in my heart that I'm never going to see them again. I have to say goodbye. That is the That was the initial stuff coming up for me. And so this imagery is the subconscious communicating. It's the way that oftentimes it can communicate those emotions, but in a very visual way. And so for me, what that's communicating is subconsciously, I'm holding on to this fear and this melancholy around needing to, or potentially needing to say goodbye to people. And at this point is when I kind of brought the conscious mind in a little bit and went, hey, this fear I have of needing to say goodbye to people, it may not be as big of an issue as I think it is. And so I was thinking about the friends and family who are actually in my life at this time and going, who who do I think I might need to actually say goodbye to? Why do I think I would need to say goodbye to them? I'm so grateful. And I think this is where I was able to integrate the conscious and the subconscious because I have seen even over these last few years that the people I'm closest to as I start to implement new boundaries and have conversations, I'm so grateful to be able to say that everyone in my life has actually been so respectful of those boundaries. And so I haven't had to. There really hasn't been anyone that I've needed to actually cut off and say goodbye to. And so being able to kind of soothe my subconscious in that way and go, look, I know this is something you're afraid of, but let's take a step back and actually see how the people who are in your life currently have responded to you setting boundaries. It's been really positive. Now, what's interesting is literally as I was just saying all of this, there is one person who popped into my mind who I know a separation is going to need to occur. And that might be a topic that I discuss in a later podcast. I'm not sure yet. And so there definitely could be a lot of grief around that specifically. But I think it can be really soothing. And it was very soothing for me to be able to truly show to my subconscious, to that mind's eye, look at this thing you're afraid of. And now let's look at real life and see that this isn't quite as big of an issue as you think it is. It was so beautiful, though, because as I was seeing that imagery of me sailing away on the ship, I I was sobbing the entire session. It was truly not just like a 
an emotional release that was sort of a felt sense. There were true tears flowing throughout the entire session. And I always love when I cry and when clients cry because crying is a sign that your nervous system is balancing itself out. It's actually physically releasing something. And so it's a beautiful sign of an emotional release. And usually I think we all know that feeling after you've had a good cry, you feel that sense of release, of release and relief and a lightness and a cleansing out in a sense. And I definitely felt that. But the other piece of that imagery of that visualization that was coming to me is I was looking at my friends and family as I was sailing away and just thinking, you guys can sail away too. And I want us to be just like a fleet of people sailing the ocean. And I think in my mind's eye, what that represented is a fleet of people who are healed, who are no longer stuck. I think that dock in my mind represented just the places that we become stuck in because of our past trauma, because of our past experiences and the subconscious fears and beliefs that are keeping us stuck and being stuck on that dock, I think represents that place. And so in my mind's eye, me sailing away was that metaphorical imagery of, I'm finally leaving that place of stuckness of hurt and trauma and patterns that I just can't escape from. But I'm able to sail away because I've spent all of these months and years building this boat, building this safe vessel that is going to carry me away from this place. And so as I was sailing away, I was kind of talking with those people going, I can't carry you on my ship. I can't take that responsibility. You need to be responsible for building your own safe ship, your own safe haven that can sail you away from this place. I can help give you some tools to build your ship and give you some encouragement, but you need to be the driving force behind And taking that responsibility for building your own ship that's going to take you away from this place. And hopefully one day we can sail away in that freedom together. This idea of releasing the responsibility for the growth and health of others has been a recurring theme for me. And I know it's a recurring theme for so many people. I think so many of us struggle with wanting to take the responsibility for others, wanting to do everything we possibly can to help them, whether it's in their emotional health, their spiritual health, their physical health. But we end up being the driving forces. Instead of helping them walk alongside us, we're just picking people up and throwing them on our backs and and basically taking their full weight onto ourselves. And A few years ago was the first time, about two years ago, when I was first using Evox, was the first time I was able to go, I have to release this. I have to release this feeling that I am responsible for the health and well-being of the people in my life. That if I don't 
run myself into the ground trying to protect them and worry about them all the time, it'll be my fault that they didn't become whoever it is they're meant to become. And in releasing that responsibility, let me tell you, there is such a sense of relief, a sense of I have my autonomy back, I have my energy back to give back to myself all of that energy and concern that I was pouring into the people all around me. I can now finally give to myself to help myself get to where I want to go. And releasing that responsibility for others doesn't mean you're releasing your care. It doesn't mean that you're becoming callous and just don't even care for them. We absolutely can still care for them and absolutely can still offer input and support. But it means that we are giving the bulk of that responsibility back to them. And I think for me, what that has looked like now is it needs to be reciprocal. Whatever energy I'm putting into you, I need to see that you're willing to give at least that much energy back to help yourself. And and so for some people who I have been able to see are not willing to give very much energy, that's usually where I meet them at. Whatever energy they're willing to put them in, I'll meet them there. Now, this gets nuanced because I know we've all experienced it. We ha- we can absolutely can have times in our life where we're needing a little bit more than we can give. And if you're able to suss out who are those people who on a regular basis are willing to step up and give reciprocally and take responsibility for their life, but you know, maybe they're in a really acute phase that's super difficult for them and they can't give a lot and you're stepping up. You know, maybe they had a death in the family. Maybe they're experiencing a severe illness. And those are all cases where they may not be able to give as much as you. And I think that's absolutely okay and safe to be able to give more and support them in more ways than maybe they can support themselves in that moment. But what I'm talking about here is those more, those individuals who on a more chronic basis don't want to take responsibility are living in that space of victimhood and wanting everyone else to do the bulk of the work for them. When I'm interacting with those individuals, I know that I need to be even more careful to not take the weight of their burden onto myself. I actually love that imagery or that metaphor of building the ship because that's kind of how we can think of it, of this place that we're stuck in. We can build a ship that's going to help us sail away from here, but I'm over here trying to build my ship. And so... If I'm spending all my time building your ship for you, I'm never going to have a ship that can help me sail away. And so if we can think of it in that terms of, okay, they have their own ship to build and it could look completely different from mine and I can maybe help give them some tools. I can maybe help them collect some lumber, 
But if they're just sort of sitting on the sidelines while I'm slaving away putting their ship together day after day, that isn't helpful for either one of us, really. One, because if I'm building their ship, then I'm probably going to be building a ship that's actually meeting my needs, not their needs. And two, I'm taking away from my energy and capacity that is going to help me also support myself and build my own ship. And three, in a way, we're also enabling them to stay in that place of victimhood in taking all the responsibility. So that if that metaphor is helpful for you, I, I hope it is. It's something that I think really resonates with me of, okay, me, me releasing responsibility doesn't mean I'm abandoning them. It just means I'm not going to slave away building their ship while they just sit on the sideline on the ground. I can be there to support them, but they've also got to be showing up, building that ship to their specifications that's going to support them in the best way, doing their research to see what do I need, what does support me, etc. So there was certainly a lot of melancholy around that feeling of having to say goodbye, that I was able to allow to surface and release. But then there was kind of a second half of this session where the melancholy turned into more intense grief that was around a whole different topic altogether. Where the session pivoted to was this grief around sensing how much trauma is in my family history and how much that trauma has really affected so many people. I've mentioned it a few times over the last few months, but I've been digging into some really specific childhood trauma that has come up for me in the last few months that I'm trying to process and work through. And just even as I'm observing that process, you know, there's two sides to it. One, I'm in the middle of it and I'm working on processing through it. And then there's the part of me that's also just sort of stepping back and observing how this process goes and what are the different phases I shift in and out of? What are the different things I'm experiencing and needing? And so what I'm realizing, at least for me, is part of this trauma recovery journey is oftentimes also touching on the trauma of your loved ones, my parents' trauma, my grandparents' trauma. And I think that the weight of that really hit me over these last few weeks. And so there was a grief coming up, not just for myself and what I've experienced, but for the people in my family, for the people in my ancestral line and the pain and the grief and the trauma that they've experienced. And that is a heavy thing. And I think it can be really easy to go into a very analytical place when we're thinking about all of that and talking about all of that. And I do think there's a component of that that is the subconscious trying to protect us. If we can stay in that analytical mindset, we never really have to feel what it is we're talking and thinking about. And when we're not feeling it, it's getting stuck. And I don't necessarily think 
that's always bad. At some point, I do think we need to go in and do the feeling so that the full release can happen. However, sometimes we have to hang out in that analytical place for a little while. While we're building that resilience, while we're building the capacity to then go in and feel whatever those emotions are that might be coming up. And that's what I've definitely noticed for myself over these last few months is I've been in that analytical place of really processing and looking and making connections, but not a whole lot of deep emotional movement and feeling and releasing. And again, I think that's okay. I think if I had tried to dive straight into that deep emotional release and processing, I might have even re-traumatized myself. And so I've said this before, I'll say it again. This work, at least in my practice, is never about forcing someone to go somewhere they're not ready to. In fact, creating that sense of safety first is so pivotal so that we don't end up re-traumatizing ourselves by forcing us to go somewhere consciously or subconsciously that we're not ready to go before the safety and capacity has been established. So with all that said, I think I'm, I've established a lot of safety within myself so that now it feels safe to be able to let these waves of heavier emotions come through knowing that I am anchored in, I'm anchored down. These waves of emotions are not going to destroy me or carry me out to open sea where I'm just going to be floundering. And one of those heavy waves of emotions, I think, has been this grief. This grief around, again, my own life, but then the grief around my family and the trauma that I'm looking at and sifting through that has been experienced through the different generations of my family. Some more very vivid imagery was coming up for me again. And what I saw first in my mind's eye was like a family of ghosts. And in my mind's eye, I was picturing my mom and her siblings and her parents and my mom's kids, which would be me and my siblings, my cousins, and just this whole family tree of people who have really been living in a shadow or a shadow self only partially realized because of all the trauma surrounding this family that could have started generations ago. I'm sure there's trauma I'm not even aware of. I only know of trauma within the last maybe three generations, but I just saw in my my mind's eye all the faces of the people in my family line and it was like we were ghosts or again, just kind of shadows and we couldn't ever fully step into the light or fully step into color, like we were in black and white. And we're kind of 1D and we could never fully step into like that full body of color and living and vibrancy and authenticity and joy and peace because these generation generations of trauma have kept us all stuck in this shadow, in this haze. And at this point, I 
was just sobbing. And I don't, I cry pretty regularly, but it's not like intense sobs that are kind of coming from your chest. And that's what this was. And so I knew this was something really intense for me, something really deep that needed to be released. But these words flashed through my mind and it was this, an ocean of unshed tears. Those were the words that flashed through my mind. Generations of unshed tears. And what I was thinking about is I could never cry long enough to cover the silent hurts of my ancestors. That's what was coming up for me. And that I know that sounds so intense and so heavy. And it may even be triggering for you to hear because it resonates really deeply with you that you feel like you're carrying the hurts of not just yourself, but so many other people. And what I'll say here is one, if you're feeling that way, it's okay to pause this and come back to this when you're feeling like you've established some safety and some calm. It's okay to take this in bite sizes. You might feel that anxiety coming up. Go watch a funny YouTube video. Go do some walking, do some emotional freedom technique, do whatever it is that's going to bring you back to a calm place and then start listening again. And if you feel yourself getting triggered again, pause, restore that calm in whatever way you know, and then go back. This is a concept called pendulation and it's something I'm learning about in my somatic stress release program of helping build resilience and also helping us work through a heavy stressor in bite-sized pieces. So that's one option for you. But the other thing is, if you're feeling like this idea of generational trauma, you're carrying pains and hurts that maybe aren't all yours, I really encourage you to read two books and both of them are on generational trauma. I've talked about them before. The first one is called It Didn't Start With You by Mark Wolin. And the second one is called Emotional Inheritance by Galit Atlas. I'll link them both in the show notes. But those are two amazing starting points to start to learn more about generational trauma and how truly the traumas of your parents, of your grandparents, of your great-grandparents might have had a very real physiological and emotional impact on you. And so that is how I was feeling in this Evox session is like, I'm carrying the grief of so many people in my family line and I'm crying tears that aren't mine. I'm crying tears for family members who maybe weren't able to shed these tears or were never able to process these emotions, didn't have the tools or the resources or the safety to process these deep emotions and they're finally being processed through me. And the final imagery that was coming to me is, again, I I was kind of picturing this family tree in front of me and all of these faces and All of these faces were, again, in black and white. And they all had a deep look of sadness and grief on their faces. And I imagine basically all of them were connecting down to me 
And it's like in black and white, the tears were flowing from all of them down this family tree into me. And then I was at the base of the tree in color and in 3D. And I was actually the one to physically shed and cry those tears out. So that's the imagery that was coming to me. Again, (laughs) very metaphorical. If I've lost some of you or some of you are like, what the heck is she talking about? I don't blame you. Oftentimes what we experience in an Evox session is very visual and metaphorical. So I think, again, sometimes that's how our subconscious communicates. What it's feeling to us is through imagery. And so I think that, yeah, that is the imagery of what I was feeling is like, I, I've been carrying grief that's not my own. I also grieve for the pain of my, my ancestors, my loved ones, my family members. And it feels like a lot of their grief is being released through me. This topic of generational trauma Although it's one that has been talked about for many years now, I think within the last maybe five years is when more research, actual research has been done on it. So I do think this is still a relatively new field and a relatively new conversation that is starting to be had and one that I am so excited to continue to learn more about and so excited to see where the research continues to go. And these are the things I love to stay up to date on so that I can continue to not only support myself, but clients as well with all the latest information we're learning about the different ways that trauma, adverse experiences, our childhood affect us on a physiological level with neuroscience, our nervous system on an emotional level, all these different things. So I just eat this stuff up. It's such a joy to learn and it can be heavy sometimes, especially because as I'm learning it, I'm also immediately taking those tools to then process my own stuff. And then usually once I've learned it and integrated it and tried it out on myself is when I then start to offer it to clients and start to integrate it into my practice there. So with all of that said, it was an incredible emotional release just with all the tears that were shed. But I do think I really got to the root of why I was feeling such melancholy over the last three weeks. I think something came to a peak in my body and in my mind and that grief, it was like it couldn't be ignored anymore. It needed to come out. And it did. And I'm so glad. And I have to say, it really felt like that melancholy, that cloud of melancholy and grief cleared out. And since then, that was on Friday. So Saturday, Sunday, Monday, now it's Tuesday. I haven't felt that melancholy hanging over me anymore. So a very tangible difference for me in how I felt leading up to that EVOC session and how I'm feeling after that EVOC session. As always, thank you so much for listening. Happy July, everyone. Happy 4th of July. I hope everyone had an amazing holiday weekend 
and I will tune in with all of you on Friday for another Evox episode. And then again, next Tuesday, I will have another guest interview coming your way.